So can you believe that every single weekend this month alone, it's been raining hardcore? Yeah. Uh, the other day was like a monsoon here in Ogden. Yeah, that's what I heard. And it barely sprinkled up here, and then we got hit hard, and you guys were pretty clear down in Ogden. Yeah, we. it was like uh, I was at um, my mother-in-law's house uh, when it started coming down and their power went out. Oh, that's that's how hard it was coming down. My my wife's got a video of it. It's crazy how much rain came down. Yeah, and that was Friday night, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because Friday, uh, Whit and I we went up to the Franklin County Fair, and obviously it was kind of sprinkling here and there between five and six, and we drove up there and we walked around the fair and everything. And when we were on our way back, we stopped in Franklin to top off our tank. And it was complete downpour. I got a video of it, too, and I sent it over to Dad because he was uh, worried that we were going to get wet at the fair and everything, which we ended up being completely dry, which was very overcast. Mm. And then yesterday, it was on and off rain in the morning, and then it pretty much cleared up, except for around, like, 5, it was raining up in the eastern mountains of Cache Valley, and that was about it. Yeah, it rained for a good minute, um, and then it was just, like, kind of on and off sprinkles. And then, yeah, it cleared up uh, probably around 8, I would say. Yeah. And then last weekend when we went up and did the witch tree, it was raining off and on that weekend too, and then the weekend prior to that. And and I keep on seeing uh, news articles and stuff about down south and St. George, Mesquite, Arizona. They're all dealing with the flash flooding. And they, uh, I guess uh, some lady got swept away in southern utah or something like that so yeah the thing sort of an article about it either yesterday or friday yeah it was um someone in one of the parks down down in st george like zions or something like that they were had a missing persons filed for for someone down there that potentially got swept up in the flood so they stopped mm. the shuttle going up there and stuff yeah i don't know if yeah, they found them or not i haven't heard any updates right it's just so bizarre because I don't recall ever having a August in the last few years where we've had this much rain. And it seems like it's every weekend so far. Yeah, I've been trying to go camping for the last three weeks. Yeah, and every time you make plans, it's just a, it's just a downpour. Yeah, and not going camping with it being raining like that. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a recipe for a miserable time. Yeah, well, it's mostly muddy roads to get up there anyway, so it, mm-hmm. it'd just be bad. And it's on the side of, like, a mountain. Yeah, you don't want to drive that when it's raining bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so far, they haven't uh, said anything about you going back to Bear Lake for work? Um, Not not this week. Well, that's good. Yeah, I got other stuff to do. Yeah. So they're keeping you more local, or are they shipping you down south? Um, relatively. I mean, I haven't gotten as far as, uh, Clearfield yet. Oh, that's good. So we'll see. Yeah. You're bad. This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, 
Listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode of the BRP Podcast, we are going to be talking about spooktacular airports. And then we have a case that we are going to talk about, which is Petite Neat down in Payson, Utah. And David is going to go all in on his new piece of equipment that he's acquired, the GS2 Laser Grid System. But before we get to our topic of this episode, we do have some updates. So... <clears throat> I was going to wait until we recorded today, David, to let you know. Uh, Alex decided to go up to the witch tree on Wednesday. She mainly was going up there to go pick some more sage. And she said on the drive up there, her anxiety was getting so high that uh, she had to drive all the way up there with the windows rolled up. And and uh, she definitely did not enjoy the drive. And, she, she said that it felt like a dark blanket was over the entire area because at one point in time while she was driving she thought she didn't have her brights on and so she tried to turn them on and she realized they were on and she could barely see like five feet ahead of her and this was on a clear perfect night on Wednesday and when she got up there she just felt like everything was just moving in towards her and everything she couldn't even look at the tree and so she quickly grabbed some sage and she bounced from that location yeah that that last time we were up there was definitely crazy mm-hmm. for the most part Rebecca getting tacked it was it was you know took a lot of energy to to, to put a shield around people up there mm-hmm. it is it is not a spot uh, a good spot to go to I think right now yeah and I'll have to ask her to send a video but I guess apparently uh, Sunday night to Monday morning and then sat, uh, Monday night to Tuesday morning two times last week she was laying in bed and then all of a sudden her Alexa controlled light that she has in her closet turned on randomly and then would just turn off and she's the only one that manages her Alexa account and so she couldn't figure out why her light just kept on turning on and off and flickering and everything she's showed me one video she didn't take a video of the first night I think it was the second night she took a video of it and then after that nothing else has happened so far yeah I think going up there by herself wasn't really a good idea yeah yeah in fact she was uh, saying that her friend that works at Maverick over there in Wellsville she walked in and 
they were asking Alex if she was okay. I guess she was about as white as a sheet of paper when she walked into Maverick. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely felt sorry for her. She definitely had a rough time that night. Yeah, I, I don't really know the solutions for that place until we can get uh, an actual Shoshone native who would be willing to help us. Exactly. Which I have been looking around, but so far nothing has been very viable, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I had a quick dream last night. Ooh, what happened? Um, it's it's very very fast and simple, like nothing much to it. I would say it's it's just a normal dream that I I get I have all the time. Uh, not the same dream, but just dreams in general. Um, I, I guess we were outside is is a better lack lack of the term for it. And um, and I don't know who was all with me. I just knew myself was there. Yeah. For the most part. Um, and it it was almost like as if I was listening to a recording, mm-hmm. a digital recording, but I wasn't holding on to nothing. I was just listening, mm-hmm. of um, a very uh, I, I would say uh, sinister mixed with like uh, prankster mm-hmm. type voice to it that uh, was just kind of like a, in a laughing a laughing mode, hmm. um, laughing and then saying something sinister almost like hmm. it's me or like I'm evil or so, so, something of that nature. Hmm. Um, but if I'm trying to think about it, it's outside. So it, it could have been the witch tree, I guess. Hmm. And this was literally last night. Oh, wow. So like I woke up this morning remembering this dream and I was like, "Oh, that was interesting." And I at first I thought it was going to be something else, but but now that you, you just tell me told me about this incident with Alex, maybe it was me seeing what Alex saw when she was there and hearing that in a spirit form mm-hmm. without her hearing it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was hearing it as if I was watching over her hearing the other spirit say it. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely weird, and she was definitely a little bit shooken up, and she's not one to really get shook up too much, and that definitely wrecked her world that night. Interesting. Yeah, that yeah. place is, it's no joke, you know, mm-hmm. and with, you know, the native spirits that are, that used to be there that are no longer there, it's it's not really the safest place spiritually to be. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I would love to find a resolution for that, but it just seems like, uh, as of lately, just everything has just been getting dark. We were actually talking about this last night, and, like, Merker's dark, Benson's starting to grow dark. I was talking to the Finleys last night, and I guess the last time they were at Benson, usually, you know, they're pretty good at communicating with the children's spirits there, especially at the schoolhouse, and I guess the last time they were there, like, nothing was communicating at the schoolhouse, and that's very concerning thing because you know usually there's some sort of a, a a child spirit over there playing at that schoolhouse and they weren't able to get you know in communication with anybody and it just seems like everything else is just really going downhill when it comes to activity like that it's just not turn it's not being good it's just all going bad unfortunately yeah that's that's we- very weird for that place because there are like a multitude of different types of spirits there mm-hmm yeah, and you would think that it would stay active, you know, regardless of the spectrum, because most of those buildings were transplanted in there anyway. But I guess, you know, once other people start doing nefarious things, it just opens up that that world and sucks everything good out, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and I think the other thing that kind of sucks with that is the more you uh, bring attention to that side of it, the more stronger it gets. So not only is it shitty that, you know, it's a PSA that the word needs to get out there that, you know, you got to protect yourself, but it's also giving these entities what they want, essentially, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a fine line you kind of have to cross when trying to protect people, but sometimes protecting them is trying to keep them naive to it but that's like it's tough because you know what's there and if they're too naive then they can open themselves up to be attacked exactly it's a weird it's a weird line that you have to draw to decide (laughs) how much do you tell somebody so i usually uh when people when i talk about it to people who aren't familiar with it i say you know it's not just kittens and butterflies you do have to be careful there but i don't tell them the specifics about what's there exactly Unless you listen to our podcast, then you probably know exactly what's there. But, mm-hmm. well, I guess if you're listening to this, that's a disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, David, how's your sleep been lately? Like your quality of sleep last few weeks? Quality. Um, I mean, I think I've been going to bed a little later, but there was one day where I got home from work and I just felt drained mm-hmm. and I went to bed pretty early where like you know even my wife was home and you know usually we do stuff to, but I was like you know I'm, I just gotta go to bed early I'd, I'm not feeling the greatest mm-hmm. but uh, I, yeah, I went to bed early and I felt better the next day had been having headaches but I've been also trying to drink more water now too because I think mm-hmm. that's also been an issue mm-hmm. I've been having like just real tense muscle in my neck that I think is causing my headaches mm. so I'm just trying to yeah trying to drink more water because the next day I drink a gallon of water which I normally don't do and I think that stayed off a headache for that day because yeah. the heat mm-hmm. but I mean sleeping wise in general um, I've been sleeping fine I only woke up one time because um, I swear to god I heard my cat like cry mm-hmm. you know when she cries like usually she cries sometimes when it's like in the morning when it's time to get up and she's hungry yeah but when i woke up and i placed my like i woke up with my eyes still closed right because yeah. i heard i heard the wake so my conscience is awake and i put my hand to where my cat usually lays and mm-hmm. she was sleeping there so i was like that's weird i thought she was crying hmm. so okay. that was a little interesting for the most part yeah well the reason but, why i ask is it seems like the last two to three weeks and the whole reason why I'm bringing this up because I know you have uh, abilities. I've noticed lately, like my sleep has been degraded to the point where I'm getting like maybe six hours of sleep at night, and it's not quality sleep. And I feel like something—I don't know—like something seems off, like energy-wise or something. And I was asking a few other people last night. You know, have you guys noticed like a decrease in your sleeping patterns or quality of sleep or anything like that? Because I just feel like things have just kind of gone weird you know what i mean like i don't know it's hard to explain like usually i can fall asleep and sleep throughout the night and feel mostly rested and everything but as of lately i've been waking up with like high anxiety and i feel like something bad is gonna happen or i don't know it's just it's weird like the energy is just so off Mm. and i've you know burned some palo santo wood i've you know sprayed some of my cleansing stuff around the house just to kind of lighten up the mood you know but I just don't think it's really in my house. I think it's just the whole entire area in general. Just something seems off, and I don't know if you felt the same way. 
Um, yeah, kind of not really. I've noticed it in you the last two weeks we've recorded back to back that you've been kind of a little later on at the session, uh, seem more tired when talking. Because mm-hmm. we do this, you know, pretty much in the afternoon, but like we've been sleeping till like 10 and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, that when I go to bed, I, I'm out. I, I fall asleep just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's the dreams where they decide to to affect me. They really can't affect me um, through keeping me awake, mm-hmm. like sleep deprived. They can't. They're not good at spirits. Aren't good at sleep depriving me. Mm-hmm. Is, is what I, I mainly would say. Yeah. But uh, where they try to get me is uh, through the dreams of trying to, um, I don't know, put me through the runaround. Because mm-hmm. there'll be times where I would literally wake up. And this was in Bear Lake before. I wake up from a dream, look at my phone. I'm like, oh, it's it's uh, 5:30, so in 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll get I'll have to get up. My alarm will go off, right? <laughs> and then. Um, I'll fall back asleep instantly into a dream that feels like it's lasting for like a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And then so when I wake up again, um, my alarm still hasn't gone off. Only like 20 minutes have gone by, and I'm like, damn, I felt like I've been in that dream for a long time. Oh wow! Okay. So it's just it's weird things like that, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they, I don't really have a hard time with the staying asleep part. Yeah. I'd have to try what my wife does to the monitor and see how how good my REM sleep is and all that. Yeah. Because I've never monitored my sleeping, but I mean, she does. She wears her Apple Watch to bed, and it it tells her when she's in deep sleep or cognitive state, you know, REM sleep. Mm-hmm. It goes through all that, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's weird. Like usually, I'm used to you know being a little bit tired when I wake up, but as of lately, with my anxiety being up and everything, and I don't know if it's just my job because my job has been super stressful as of lately you know and and everything else but it just seems like even when i walk outside my house when i go to the store just every the energy just feels off so i don't know if it's just me or if it's just the entire area or something major is going to happen that i just can't seem to hone in on i just don't know but it's been definitely wearing on me this whole entire month it seems like Hmm. yeah i I would say in terms of (laughs) things annoying me like i said like the china it doesn't rain all week while i'm going to work but the minute the weekend hits the storms hit so then it puts a damper on all my plans yeah which is the ironic thing you know you have five days you guys the the sky can open up and rain and yet it still hits every single weekend i mean really that's the only thing that's been um affecting me in any type of way Okay. I mean, I had a tattoo appointment today, but I guess that's not happening today because yeah. my artist, I think, is sick. Hmm. And I've been planning, I've had this plan since like January. <laughs> well, and that's a little bit odd because I figured they would reach out to you to let you know that, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to hit the session. We'll get you rescheduled as soon as possible or something like that. I'm surprised yeah, she I, I tried out. calling her, never heard anything back. Wow. Well, hopefully uh, she answers you back here soon, because that's kind of crappy that you've had this scheduled for so long, and she up and dips on you like that. I mean, I didn't put any money down, so it's not yeah, real, it's a real big loss to me. Yeah. What were you going to get, anyway? Uh, Just some beetle stuff on my calf. Nice. Like watercolor style. Oh, okay. That was yeah. pretty cool. I was, I was excited for it. Yeah. More beetle stuff. That's 
pretty much my thing, but occasionally I get random stuff. Well, and the last few tattoos that you've gotten from that artist has been really good. Really good artist. Yeah, she's the only artist I trust to use, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's why I'm willing to wait a year until she has an opening. Yeah. Um, in regards to updates, did you have anything, David? Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm looking forward to Paul, oh, not Paul, sorry, uh, Tim's potluck. Yeah. Because I know he posted on that, uh, lately. Mm-hmm. Um, that he, it's, you know, he's excited for it, and I am also excited for it. Yeah. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. Because I think last time I did deviled eggs and, uh, Rice Krispie Treats. So I might switch it up and do something else. I haven't decided yet. Um, other than that... Then we got our group barbecue as well next month. Yeah, doing that at Diana's. Mm-hmm. We decided that. Um, I guess I am going to... I mean, this isn't an update for anyone else. This is more an update for you. Uh, I guess I, I just bought my tickets for Fanex. Oh, nice. Yesterday. So there's, there's that. Yeah. I'm going to that now. I saw a billboard yesterday that said that they had the most guests they have ever had or something like that. It was a Fanex billboard. Well, then... two just canceled. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, mm. I don't remember the name. It's the the Scream duo. Mm. Um, so, like, uh, the, the guy who plays um, Shaggy. Mm. Um... He he canceled, and then the 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 main chick uh, canceled. Okay. Uh, I think what Campbell, Nave Nave Campbell, okay. who is Sydney Prescott, she canceled, and then Matthew Lillard. Hmm. Which is really so far the only two people that I cared to meet. Yeah. But they uh I get yeah they they are no longer making it. Hmm. I wonder if they're going to try to bring anybody else in or they're just going to call it good. Because I really honestly haven't been keeping up with it. I don't even know who all is going to be a uh, guest of that Fanex anyway this year. Um, I mean, there's there's people. I mean, um, William Shatner's going to be there. Mm, the Shatner. But, I mean, I don't really care to meet the guy. <laughs> I, yeah. No one I mentioned. They still are going to be dropping more guests, but... No. There's not really a big headliner, you know? Usually every year there's at least one person who's like a big A-list star. Yeah. I don't really... Now, I, some people could think someone is an A-list mm-hmm. star, but I just... I don't think anyone is an A-list that's coming this year. Yeah. Hmm. In my opinion, but... I mean, there's still something for somebody. Yeah. It's still going to be super busy, nonetheless, um, anyway. Well, my mom's interested to meeting, um, uh, what's his name? He plays on, have you seen Sons of Anarchy? Uh, yes, I have. Um, the main guy in that's gonna, gonna be there. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I guess he, he, he's pretty. He's pretty well known. Yeah, he's, I'm trying to remember his name. It's kind of bugging me, but he's like the long hair and, and mm-hmm. like, well, he probably doesn't now, but. Yeah, Kane Hodder will be there again. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw him last year, but hmm. I didn't like get anything with him or anything. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, the one of the actors from um, the Mandalorian is gonna be there. Oh, cool! I think people will be excited about that. Oh yeah. I still haven't watched the latest season of Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, the Sons of Anarchy guy was his name, Charlie Hun- Hun- Hunnam. Hmm. Can't okay. really say his name. I never watched Thunder Anarchy, but I knew him from King Arthur. I watched that movie. It was a pretty yeah. good movie. Because technically, wasn't King Arthur before Sons of Anarchy? I think so, yeah. yeah. Or, like, probably right in the middle. I, I don't know what season <laughs> it was, but, uh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's, I guess, a decent amount of people. Just just no one really I've cared to, to meet, honestly. Yeah. Well, it'll still be a fun time anyway. This is going to be your, what, fourth or fifth year going? Sixth year? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. I ain't dressing up this year, though. Yeah. Um, Ron Perlman's going to be there. Hmm. He's also from Sons of Anarchy, but I, I liked him in Hellboy. Yeah. And then someone from Supernatural's going to be there. Which, did you, uh, speaking of Supernatural, did you see that they're coming out with a new series on that? Something about Winchester or whatever. I thought I thought so, sp- sp- potential spoilers because um, I'm I've technically never seen it. But didn't the main guys die in like the last season? Mm, that I don't know because I I haven't officially sat down and watched every single season of Supernatural <laughs> because I really don't have that kind of time. But Rebecca's watched... our resident ed- expert on it. I think. Yeah, she. Would be I the think one she that watches that that show. Pretty sure I've watched at least over a hundred episodes, at least. Because I think I remember her saying something to the effects that one one of the main boys dies from like a nail or something simple or something like that. Yeah, I guess the last season was kind of a letdown, or the last episode was kind of a letdown or something like that. I remember her saying something about that. Yeah, so I I don't know what could possibly uh what they could do to bring it back, but I guess mm. they're trying to not end on a shitty season so they're trying to do another one i don't know yeah I don't know. i've watched maybe the first three episodes of it but then i was just like i have a hard time watching uh paranormal shows mm-hmm. if they're not real you know what i mean yeah especially supernatural uh i mean in the days bef- like before i started doing paranormal stuff i, I love shows like that like uh there used to be a show i guess it's probably cw i don't know but it was called sleepy hollow Mm. That was really cool. I liked that show because mm. it had uh, the plot of it was uh, uh, a, a character the actor who played uh, Ichabod Crane um, in the past, like the original guy, right? Yeah. Somehow um, travels forward into modern time, and but he has like you know the personalities from the century he's from. Yeah. And he's like trying to deal with like the supernatural stuff that's happening in this town that he's from, mm-hmm. while using his memories from the past. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have the headless horseman; he's the main villain in it. it it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I liked it for like the first three seasons, but then I just kind of tailored off it. I'm not good at keeping up with shows. Yeah, yeah. There's only a handful of shows that I keep up with, and that's about it. I did see that uh, Better Call Saul finally wrapped up their last. Recorded season anyway. I saw that on Facebook the other day. And that's uh, obviously that's off topic, but yeah. I mean, I don't even watch uh, American Horror Story anymore after like the fifth season. 
Oh uh, yeah, I only got to like season two or season three of that, and I stopped watching it. I used to really like it, but I just have a hard time keeping up with it. It just get, got too too much. Yeah. You know the stories weren't like fascinating, like enough to keep me interested. They were just going for, I guess, gore factor is the yeah. lack of a better word for it. But I do have to give them props though, because they typically just cycle through their same actors every season. They just play different roles and they dress them up differently in every single season, which I yeah. I find that pretty cool. You know. Yeah, they would. Uh, they they'd have their their seasons. One season, this one guy would be there, the main character, and the next season they'd do a different kind of cast. But then the season after that, they'd follow it up and bring him back. You know. Yeah. So it it was nice for the continuity of the same uh, type of actors being portrayed in the show. Yeah. Just playing different roles. You know. Mm-hmm. That w- that was cool to to see that. Yeah, I think, in cinematic quality anyway, I think that's a really good thing that they did. Plus, it probably saved them money in the long run, because they didn't have to write up new contracts and everything. They just cycle through the same people every single season. Yeah, but I mean, what was cool, what, what they started with that, with American Horror Story, is the idea of, it's a horror story. So they're taking stories that really happened in the mm-hmm. histories, mm-hmm. right? Or like folklore stories, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're just putting it a really dramatic spin on it, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have, like, uh, the asylum thing, the murder house. Um, well, the season three with uh, the clown, the whole yeah. circus theme. I mean, that clown was based on John Wayne Gacy's clown. Yeah. But they just, you know, flared him up to make him look fucking scary as shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, that that was the, the point of, of that. And then uh, Roanoke. Uh, the famous uh, settlement that gone missing, and mm-hmm. that that's based off a real folklore story. They just mm-hmm. went Hollywood crazy with, with uh, the three theatrics of it. Yeah. So it, it's interesting if you do uh, the research on what they're basing uh, the stories off of. Coven, the witch one, uh, where the the main lady uh, captured slaves in her time mm-hmm. and tortured and abused them in her house. Yeah, I mean, her house is a real house in New Orleans that you could go to and see the way that the slaves were kept. Yeah. So it's these are real stories that they are taking from the histories and just turning it into a show. Yeah, and they're putting their own little spin on it, lots of gore, and just captivating the audience, basically. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's what I liked the beginning of it. But the more, as they started doing, I think the last one I watched, besides Roanoke, was Hotel... And that one, I think, was based... It's based off of two things. A, I think it's based off of, uh, like, the Cecil Hotel in California. Mm-hmm. And then it's also based off of uh, legit um, the song by the Eagles, Hotel California. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to that, that whole song, it kind of maps out what's happening uh, in this hotel. Because uh, uh, one of the guys, the guy who built the hotel... Um, who was dead and the spirit residents residing there he built it for it to be like a trap hotel mm. like once you go in his hotel you kind of don't leave his hotel you know and it's yeah. the same for the spirits that are there too mm. it's okay. it's pretty it's pretty wild yeah but I, I like the little connection i don't think they confirmed that's what it's based off of but someone did like a fan thing that yeah. says that this song is they used this song to create this show it was funny that's hilarious so I wonder what other stories that they're going to base their uh, upcoming seasons on next. I don't know. I think the last one was Apocalypse, but I never watched it. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder how long that 
show's going to go until they're finally like, all right, we're going to pull the plug on this. I think they're on their eighth season. I, I don't know. Hmm. Now, there's a lot of different stories that they could base a lot of different things off of, so who knows? Or unless Shit, they... Fuck. I guess season 11 is what they're on. Ooh, Moses. Yeah, I think... Because uh, Coven think the... was the one that I left off on. Off. Co- Coven was... Uh, what was I think that Coven? was season four, I think. It is season four, because it's after the circus one, which is yeah. season three, which is honestly my favorite season. Yeah. Is season three because I, I love circus stuff. Yeah, like clowns don't scare me at all. So I love circus stuff. Mm-hmm. The carnies and all that. It's very, it's an interesting time. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to get caught up on that. I'm gonna have to see what the other seasons are about too. Hmm, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I don't really have any other updates. That's that's about it. Just. Uh, one at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's it. Okay, um, I did get a uh, compliment on my shirt last night. The the Bigfoot one, the red the red tank shirt. or the the red and yellow. The red and yellow shirt. Nice. So I referred him to my we- to the uh, website, which has the link for our merch store. Which, by the way, every purchase that you guys make at our merch store definitely helps us out we definitely recommend it we did take a couple pictures of the merch that we have personally purchased and we threw up on the group page so if you want to see the type of quality that they are and everything i think i've had my shirt for i think six months now and i've at least worn it a couple times each month and washed it and the quality's still pretty good so yeah i wear my podcast shirt every time we podcast mm-hmm got to get in the outfit exactly. the mindset before we record exactly so we definitely recommend you check out our merch store the link is going to be in the description of this podcast and we also have it on our website as well bearriverparanormal.com so for our topic of this episode it's going to be spooktacular airports now i'm sure everybody out there has heard like the more infamous like the denver airport some some of the other airports that are out there that do have a little bit of activity going on they're some of the older airports that were built you know 50 plus years ago that they've renovated and everything like that um, most recently they've re renovated the Salt Lake Airport but I personally haven't felt anything there have you in the midst of a little bit of your travels David have you ever felt anything in, in any airport um, you know, the the idea of this, to me, was interesting, because I never put much thought into airports being haunted, mm-hmm. you know, because I just, I, I never really thought about it too much, whether it's old, new, the idea of someone dying there, maybe where they built it land-wise, I just, I mean, I've maybe been to an airport, like, maybe four times in my life, so I, I'm not a frequent traveler, Yeah. Um, but I... And then plus, like, going there when we went, uh, just the hustle and bustle of airports, there's so much going on that I don't think you have the ability to, like, concentrate enough to get a sense for everything because you just got too many people in there. It'd just be overload, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I could do it. Uh, And some of these uh, airports, so let's start with, like, the Denver airport, uh, for example. The Denver International, Denver, Colorado Airport. Uh, was built on top of a Native American burial ground in 1995. The rumors, uh, the rumors about it uh, during the construction, 
The site was plagued with mishaps, injuries, and deaths. The artwork alone has an unrelatable uh, creepiness to it. That aside, the airport's PR team has been known to embrace its quirkiness uh, due to the fact that it's just had so many bad things happen. At times, they displayed exhibits around Halloween of spooky and supernatural hotspots around the state of Colorado. So that's that's one example of one airport. Plus, I've also heard things about um, supposedly, supposedly, you know, air quotations. There's some sort of a secret base underneath the Denver airport that if we were ever in a nuclear holocaust, then some of the most important people in the United States would be stationed there until everything cleared out and, and everything like that. I don't know if you've heard about this, David, or not. Pretty sure every airport has like a secret something going on with it. Yeah. Um, we were at the Denver airport. Yeah, we definitely were when we were We had a freaking two-hour layover there. Yep. So we had definitely enough time to, to get a feel of it. And we walked around. And the thing about it, when we went to all the shops, essentially, mm-hmm. in the airport were closed. Mm-hmm. You know, they only had two places to eat. So it was relatively kind of empty when we were there. Yeah. Yeah, plus when we were traveling, that was the height of COVID, too. So a lot of things were shut down. And not a lot of people were traveling at that time, either. Yeah, so I guess, uh, man, if we would have known about that, that would have been interesting to to see what we felt there yeah exactly because we we definitely had time to kill that's for sure yeah i took a fat ass nap <laughs> right and then another uh airport which is the heathrow uh heathrow uh it's the one Heath- in london uh three ghosts are said to occupy that expansive airport one of the spirits that appeared followed uh, a crash in 1948 a gentleman's spirit is allegedly uh, still searching for his briefcase. Another seems to have taken a liking to the VIP lounge. Uh, and do you really blame them? Everybody loves the VIP lounge. Lastly, legend has it that the third occupant is Dick Turpin, a thief caught and sentenced to death in 1739. Apparently, he roamed the grounds prior to the airport being built. Travelers can't claim he often approaches from the back, leaving a feeling of hot breath on your neck, which sounds a little creepy. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense for the idea of how many times a plane left a place and then it's Mm. crashed and people have died on it Mm. and the spirits are still trying to get to where their destination was, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So they find a way to get to the airport, but once they're there, they're like, all right, I made it to this airport, now, now what? And they're kind of just kind of stuck in a limbo at the airport, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that is very interesting to think of how many airports are haunted based on that fact. Exactly. And then this next uh, airport, which is based out of Bangkok, Thailand, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name of that airport. I just, I ain't going to try. My brain can't comprehend that. Uh, but basically, uh, the consensus is that this airport is considered to be one of the most heavily haunted spots in Thailand. Uh, only in operation since 2006, it boasts ghost sightings and other mishaps believed to be the work of malicious forces. It is built on an ancient burial site known as Cobra Swamp. 
After nearly 100 fatalities occurred during its construction, Buddhist monks performed an elaborate exorcism. Daniel K. Oh, that's another story. So, outside of the Denver airport being built on a Native American burial land, uh, Thailand decided to build an airport over ancient burial site as well. And it's more haunted than the Denver one, which that seems to be a little odd. Yeah, well, I think uh, the the land out there is a lot older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the way, I mean, I had a friend uh, in high school that was an exchange student from, from Thailand. Oh, um, okay. I think, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. His name, uh, his name was a, a weird name, and we called him Bell because they had Bell in his name. Mm-hmm. So we just called him Bell. And when he left, yeah, he gave me a little uh, souvenir elephant from Thailand. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, things out there are like way crazy with like their supernatural beliefs. Yeah, like everything out there is like demon related, like mm. crazy. That's hilarious. Like, any type of spirit out there is like bad spirits. So that that kind of reminds me of the Latino culture down in Mexico too, and some of the people that I've talked to. There's like. There's no in between. There's either you know God and then there's demons everywhere as well. From the few people that I talk to. Yeah, there's there's no gray areas in some of these uh, older uh, civilizations. Right. Compared well, to the U.S. And I'm kind of wondering where they came up with the uh, with the name Cobra Swamp. I'm kind of curious about that. I would imagine before they built the airport, it used to be a swamp filled with cobras, and that's people were dying. Oof. That sounds like a bad day. And then the next airport, uh, Daniel K. I ain't gonna try. Uh, in uh, yeah, I ain't gonna try that last name. It's an the international airport out of Honolulu, Hawaii. A lady is waiting. A lady in waiting is a blonde woman, apparently in spirit, who has been spotted all over the airport. Apparently, after the man who promised to marry her left on a flight, the distraught woman uh, took her life shortly after. Along with this uh, sad spirit are other hauntings, causing uh, everything from technical difficulties and issues to report of people feeling like someone is sitting on their chest along with a choking sensation so it doesn't sound like that is the per that's the, the woman that's waiting I don't think it's that one I think it's another thing seems a little vague though you know what I mean yeah I, I'm pretty sure any main uh, airport from you know all the states every mm-hmm. single one of them I bet would would say it's haunted yeah I doubt you can find a big national, international uh, airport that employees would be like, ah, oh, yeah. Someone would say that's on, especially people there who work like late, late. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know flights are coming in all the time. People are like sleeping there all the time and stuff. So those airports are like one of those places that they they never really close. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're always open. So I can imagine that pretty much every airport is haunted. Yeah. Because realistically speaking, and, and it goes across the board for anything, not just airports, but even if you're just building a house on some land, 
you never know what was there prior to that. You don't know if you're building over an old Native American ground, you know, that was had people buried there 200, 300 years ago. You, ne you just never know. Obviously, in this day and age, we have technology to be able to see these kind of things, but back then, they didn't have that kind of technology, so once they broke, di broke ground, you know, it wasn't a, a uncommon thing to come across, you know, ancient relics and and grave sites and and everything like that because nothing was ever marked back then especially in the wild west um what is it is it the nevada airport like it's a it's a hangar right mm -hmm. um that's one that uh you can investigate i think yeah the wendover one yes yes that yeah. is like the only airport i've known that someone can investigate yeah, because it was a decommissioned World War II base, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Yeah, they still, I think they're doing investigations out there this October, last I heard. Yeah, I think they try to keep a, keep it doing something with it, because it is abandoned, so whoever like owns it probably uses it as a good opportunity to make something off of it. Yeah, because I think sense. they, I think personally, I think they uh, keep it there for the historic value, and I think mm -hmm. they've refurbished uh some of the planes and they have them on site there yeah that'd be a cool place to check out yeah most definitely and then oh what were you gonna say david uh, i was just saying you can stay in wendover at the same time exactly since you just you can see all the uh, casinos right there on the tarmac and then the last uh airport which is this one's going to be a short one apparently it's a in islamabad pakistan um a construction reportedly took so long that the airport more than a decade uh, because of the misbehaving ghosts on the site if the feeling of heavy energy uh, tends to make people uncomfortable especially at night with reports of pressure in the chest area which I don't really see how that could delay construction I don't know that sounds it sounds interesting I mean I'm sure there's tons of reasons that delayed uh, that that process yeah more so than spiritually but you know yeah. that's fine but we'll definitely post up these short stories and the group page so that way you guys can read over it and see uh exactly what we were talking about and everything and i'm sure that there's a ton of other airports that we could have covered as well just this particular website that david found uh highlighted a few that should be talked about so for the, did you have any last words on that one, David? Well, like I said, every airport, I guarantee, has a story to it. So if we were to go through each one, that would be here forever. But Exactly. Yeah, um, I guess the biggest one really is the Salt Lake Airport. Because, yeah, that one's just brand new. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, I've been inside the Ogden Airport before. Mm. I've eaten there. It's a pretty, pretty cool airport. Okay. Outside of the Logan Airport, the Preston Airport, because my grandpa used to fly uh, single prop planes back in the day, and Salt Lake City Airport and some of the other international airports due to traveling, those are the only airports I've ever been in. you never been to the Brigham City one? Nope. Huh. Passed by it on the freeway numerous times, but I've never been Oh yeah, been see it all the time. So. Hey everybody, the sponsor of today's episode is Anchor. The platform that we use at the BRB Podcast for our podcast.
Anchor is an awesome web-based distribution type platform, kind of like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload. You can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. All right, so the case for this episode is going to be Petite Neat and Pace in Utah. Now, we... How many times have we investigated that, David? Twice now or once? I think it was I twice. Think I've been, I think I've been there twice, for sure. I know I've been there twice. Because we did a joint investigation with Danielle's team, and then I think we were just doing a free-for-all, I think, on the second one. Right. Didn't we help them with a tour there, though? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did help them with the tour. That's right. So wouldn't that be three times, then? Yeah, I think so. Three times. I mean, it's a nice place. I actually enjoy going there. Yeah, the curator there, he actually drives a really cool old vehicle. And I was drooling over that. He parks it out in front of the petite need every time when he helps with events and everything. He's pretty I mean, he's he's a super... Nice, cool guy to talk to. Oh, yeah. He basically restored... Didn't he say he restored it to to, to all original as well? Yeah, he wants. He was trying to sell it, too. Mm, yeah, that's right. More than I had money for, though. Yeah. But the location itself, it's, it's a pretty active location. It's a museum. Uh, but if I remember correctly, it used to be a school. Right, David? That's right. Yep. Yeah. And same with other locations here in Utah, like here in Logan, the Whittier Center used to also be a school as well before it was turned into a community center. And technically, Petite Need is a community center as well, but they also have uh, museum exhibits in there. Case in point, there was one room where it would outline the original founders of Payson and the surrounding areas, and they would talk about the Native Americans in that area, and then in one room... There is uh, historical artifacts from back in World War One and World War Two, um, and then there was other things that people have donated there. Uh, certain type of uh, Western type artwork, metalwork, and everything like that. But for the paranormal aspect of that location, was very active in some areas. I mean, I remember getting 
activity up in some of the rooms upstairs, particularly the one room with all the uh, World War One and World War Two relics. Um, you can hear footsteps on the main level and on the upper level. The basement was definitely uh, very active. Uh, and some of the rooms before you got into the hallway were pretty active, if I remember correctly. And then there was the native spirit I think it was a native spirit or just a malicious pissed off spirit in the hallway that definitely did not like people getting into his uh, into his space. Now what all do you remember from that location David? Yeah so the school itself uh, it is Petini uh, and it is legitly named after uh, the native tribe that resides there in Basin. Mm-hmm. So you have that aspect going for it that, yes, I think is the basement is uh, a, a pissed off native spirit. Mm-hmm. Like an older guy for sure. And he's just, I think he's just upset. Uh, we can't really ever get good communication with him there, honestly. No. But uh, yeah, we, we start, I think how it always starts is we start upstairs uh, and then work our way down. Mm-hmm. And the very top, so it's like three, I think it's a main floor, second floor. And the second floor and then a basement, yeah? Yep. So when you go upstairs, you have like uh, four corner rooms. First one on the right up the stairs is the War Memorial. Mm-hmm. That's the first place we go into. And that place, I think I get the most uh, activity. Because mm-hmm. um, I think there are a few uh, attachment soldiers that are, you know, to some of these items. Yeah. Uh, I remember getting pretty intelligent conversations in that room mm-hmm. and then you have uh, another room where uh, it's supposedly there's a piano in there and uh, th- there's a lady there that likes the piano play like she played the piano mm-hmm. uh, she's said to be there but I've honestly have not been able to uh, talk to her once yeah I don't I don't know why but I've never really had anything in there and then there's just two other rooms that are just uh, more or less uh, display item rooms that really haven't got nothing. And then you go down to the main floor, and you go into the little classroom that they have right there. That has, like, a bunch of, like, old, like, what they used in the classroom. They had uh, mannequin dolls in there and stuff that kind of simulates what the classroom looked like and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we'd get a little bit of stuff here and there. I don't know if it's children or not, but it'd be, like, a little, little playful stuff. Not so much, too much uh, communication-wise. Yeah. And then you go downstairs, and that's usually where things are the worst. Mm-hmm. For, for for several reasons, more more so than just the um, the native that's there, but uh, there's one room in particular that has uh, all the clothing, the article of clothing. Yep. On uh, the mannequins there, mm-hmm. that room just has some really dark, sad, depressing energy in there. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's just like the women who used to own this clothing that they had dark pasts that happened to them either yep. why they were wearing it or something like know, rape vibes going on it, it's it's pretty intense in that room that i think everyone gets affected uh when they're in that room for too long oh yeah and then you just have across the hall um some more like western style stuff like blacksmith stuff and everything like that you get a different type of vibe but it's still kind of like a heavier vibe in that room but it's not as bad and then yeah, you go to the the back back uh, into the underneath the the center 
of it where you start going into like the dirt and the storage space areas mm-hmm. is where um, there's supposedly a portal back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if we debunked that or not or, or tested it out, but I really have a hard time, or I did in the past, have a hard time really venturing too far in that area because of I. When it comes to natives, I try to be respectful no matter what they are because they are pretty strong. Yeah. So I tried out of respect to, like, avoid that area as much as possible, honestly. Yeah. So I've never actively tried to communicate with the native spirit there. But I think you've had more uh, dealings with this native spirit than I have. Yeah, because I did set some equipment down there in that hallway, and it was uh, causing the uh, equipment to go off. That's for sure. I did catch that on camera. And then um, in that room with the clothing, it's just the energy and just the feeling in that room. It's just, it's thick, really thick. It's hard to breathe in there. Once you've been in there for about 15, 20 minutes, I mean, you're just completely mentally drained. We did get activity in there, you know, documented activity. But it, like what David said, it's just a horrible feeling. It's, it's very thick in that room. And really besides the basement the spirits up in the war room i do remember they were a little bit playful they were playing with the equipment if i remember correctly yep so i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty mixed bag Mm -hmm. is what i would say and then you have the other side um like where the uh under the bottom side where like uh i guess it's like a dance studio Mm -hmm. i never get anything in there even though it's like basically one whole wall is just like a big ass mirror yeah if anything, you get a decent type of uh, astral projection going on in there. Yeah. If you're not too careful. And then you have the stage above it where, like, the cafeteria is and the big stage. I'd say we'd get a few things on the stage when we end the night there. Uh, but it's not, not terribly too bad in that in that area. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly just knocks and footsteps that I remember when we were all sitting on the Some on the shadow stage. movements going on in the backstage. Yeah. yeah. But... But yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing terrible. Kind of get the feeling uh, that, that it's mostly just kids in that auditorium. Gym yeah, area. I mean that's that 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 is a newer section mm-hmm. of that building. Like they added on to that, so it's a little newer than the original building that we investigate. Yeah, because uh, that's primarily where they do their community center stuff and all that. Yeah. But all all in all, not 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 a bad place. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a bad place. It was a pretty fun investigation. I did want to note though. Uh, I know, David, you've never been to the Whittier Center, but um, it felt like Petit Neat and the Whittier Center were basically built the same way, like the same outlet, out uh, um, layout and everything, but it seemed like Petit Neat was two times bigger than the Whittier Center, but the, the rooms where they were put and the way the entrance is and everything like that all seemed to, to mirror the same as the Whittier Center, and I, I thought that was kind of kind of funny that, you know, two buildings in two separate areas of Utah seem to look alike, just one's bigger than the other. Well, the architecture alone for Petitney is uh, outstandingly beautiful. Yes, very much so. Um, just the stone they use for it, and then on the inside, the wood, the carving on the banisters and all that, it's, it, it is... I love the architecture of Patini. I think that's why it's one of my favorite places mm-hmm. that I've been to in, in Utah. Um, not just for the aspect of uh, activity, but mo- mostly just because of the lo- location-wise, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, they definitely spent their time and money on that particular building because comparing it to the Whittier Center, Petite Neat is definitely a lot better aesthetically looking building than the Whittier Center is, personally. So I definitely agree with you on that one. But it's also around that time when a lot of people would try to put in their time and money to do type of stonework and everything like that. And there's plenty of buildings between, you know, Provo all the way up to, to Logan that have beautiful stonework from, you know, the early 1900s, late 1800s that still looks good to this day. Just a little bit weathered. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have been to it three times now, but it seems like it's a place that we can kind of get into it whenever we want. Yeah. So we really haven't had an urge to go back to it, but I guess if we ever needed a, a place to quickly do that could be an option for us yeah most of it's also an option on our list of places if uh our listeners ever wanted us to host our own event mm-hmm. for for the listeners of this pod um that is actually on our list of one of the places to take you guys to yeah and it will be a big enough location where we can have 20 30 people and still have plenty of space for everybody to investigate us every single room too yeah it's pretty big Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, that's, that I guess, a, that's up to you guys, really. If you, yeah. if you, if you guys want us to to put one on one day, you guys gotta start shouting out in in the comments and the messaging us and all that, and we can start piling up a toll and list of stuff so we can potentially get that going. Yeah, definitely, because we we'll be more than willing to set up a public investigation for our listeners. Because if you guys want to come investigate with us, you guys gotta let us know. We would love to put one on. You know, we got multiple locations, so depending on where you guys are coming from, we'll, we can definitely pick a location based off of that. Or we can possibly, uh, we could talk probably talk about this later, Dave, but we could probably put up a poll and, and put up like five or six locations and see what people would vote on, on a yeah. location to do an investigation with us. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always down to do that. Okay. I'll make sure to write that in my notes so I can put up a poll for that. Um, any last words on the case? Um, not really. I don't. I don't remember we ever really had to like quickly cleanse anybody due to being attacked. We just have had mild stuff that they had to go like go outside for a minute. But yeah. So it's it's not. I mean, it's been a while since we've been there, so time could tell what 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 has changed, but. I would say it's it's not as bad a place to go to. Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of that, but now we'll see. I, I, it's, how many years has it been since we've been there? Like two. Um, I think we were there either last year or the year prior. Uh, I don't remember last year for sure <laughs> at all. So then it was probably the year prior then. Yeah, I was thinking. Two, I'm thinking two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I I. I don't know. I don't think we were there when COVID was a thing. Yeah. So we might have to go and set up an a investigation, go check it out since it has been a hot minute since we were last there. Yeah. And I know I know a lot of people like to to do it, to use it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know any other teams besides Spirits that have done it with Danielle. Um. I know they do it the most. Yeah, they do it the most because it's literally right there in their backyard. Right. I do think Broken Wings Paranormal went there as well. And then I know um, 
the Paranormal Peeps podcast, I think they also investigated that location as well. I can't quite remember. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know all of you has been there, so I can't mm-hmm. imagine it would be too bad of a yeah. change. Yeah. But we have more equipment now, so it would be interesting to see what we'd get now than what we got in the past for communication-wise. Agreed. And plus, I, I would like to see if, if that location has maintained the same or if it's gotten lighter or if it's gotten darker because it seems to be that a lot of locations have been swinging dark as of lately. So hopefully this yeah. location doesn't. And then we can test the theory of the portal being there too. Yeah, most definitely. Go searching for it in the basement. As long as we don't piss off the Native American down there, though. Because that, that would be a bad night right there. True. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to put up a poll and see where you guys would like to to do a uh, public investigation at. We can definitely accommodate. That's not a problem. But Has uh, has our boys, the EVP podcast, been there? I don't think so, to be honest. I think that would be a good place to take them there. Yeah, it would definitely be fun for them. And it's closer to to them. Yeah. Yeah, and, so. and it's familiar territory because Tim and those guys would always go down to, to uh, Santa Quinn anyway, so that's just a stone throws away from Payson. Yeah, I think that'd be a good interesting to see what, uh, what they get because they'd be first-timers yeah. with their skill and kind of see what they get yeah. and kind of just bounce off of that and see what we can figure out. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Might have to flood that idea towards Tim and see what he says. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. So the piece of equipment for this episode, David, the uh, GS2 laser grid system. Now, we've in a prior episode, we talked about the version 1 of the laser grid. Now this is version 2, the upgraded version of this laser grid. Now, what, what all can you tell us about it, David? Yeah, so I got it, uh, I know I had it when we went up to Kentucky, so I've had it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty bulky uh, bulky piece of uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of stuff. It's on the expensive side, I'll tell you that straightforward. It's like uh, close to 400 bucks. Yeah. I would say like 360 Yeah, sounds about right. And that's depending if you like get anything with it, like a tripod or whatever, mm-hmm. or a case for it. Um but it's pretty it's pretty good in terms of a it's laser grid it's a square grid um so it's not like the the dots it's it's a pure square grid Mm -hmm. um it does have sound on it it has direction it has shape distance it has a lot of things that go uh, along with it Mm -hmm. um the shape thing so basically when you have the square grid on the wall and something starts going in front of it there is like a square on the main thing with LED lights and it will light up red in terms of what's breaking the connection line. It'll basically tell you the the shape and direction in which it is coming from. So if it's coming from right to left essentially, the right side on this it's like a like a U-shape arc. Mm-hmm. And the, there's LED lights on that on it's like a bar and if it's like in the far right corner it'll start moving from right to left and it'll so it'll follow the distance right mm-hmm. and the shape on the LEDs will start like lighting up based on what specific bracket is being blocked essentially yeah. so it'll basically map out which direction it's moving from left to right top to bottom up from you know middle 
if it's far enough back, it'll actually try to like map out the shape of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it does do uh, like base readings on it. It's like it'll tell you events and all that. You can do the sensitivity on it. Doesn't it also sense uh, heat or cold spots as well? I can't remember if it does or not. It's been a hot minute since I last looked at it. Um, I think so, because I know it has um, it has a speaker on it, mm-hmm. so it would tell you um, it would make sound. Yes, it does. Right, right there. I see it. Um, so it does motion, distance, direction, temperature. Mm-hmm. Shape and size, and base readings, and an event counter detail. Nice. Um, the thing with it, though, I will tell you, and not only does it does uh, the the temperature, so uh, the red lights on it would be heat, and it does do blue lights if it's cold. Mm-hmm. So if you stick your hand on it, it'll map out your hand as red, right? But if something mm-hmm. comes across it as blue, it'll pick that up. Um, Everything sounds really good on it, so I, I'll just let you know right off the back. There are some things with it that I have my discrepancies with. Yeah. So this is this is where the important information the you need to know before you buy that I've used with it. So number one, um, its battery life is not long at all. Mm-hmm. So it's USB rechargeable, and it could be fully charged. You take it to a place, it will drain fast because there are a lot of lights that are going on with this thing. Yeah. So, the, one of the biggest things that I would recommend with this is to buy a power pack and hook it up to it constantly. Yep. To have it run for more than an hour, because after an hour, it's done. So that that that's a pretty big big detail. The other thing is if you're trying to use it and use it with a camera, this the screen this thing lights up like a freaking Christmas tree. There are so many lights going on with it, mm-hmm. like setting it up just by itself pointing in one area you'll get constantly blue dots because if there's wind shifts anything type it will like start getting that you know yeah and i did want to inject in that as well if you are gonna because with my experience with this uh if you are gonna record with a camera it would probably be good to get two cameras one focused on the equipment itself and then one sitting a little bit back monitoring the area as well because that right, was yeah. one thing i did complain about it was that i could not see the screen from where i had the camera sitting so the next time we do use this i would like to i would have to use two cameras in that room one for that piece of equipment and then one for the actual area itself right yeah because that is a thing so i know one of the things we did too because we kind of just wanted to use it for the laser grid part of it right yeah so we there's no way to turn off all the other extra stuff Mm because i like it for the grid yeah. And when that thing, if you're in a dark room and that thing is on, it's just like a beacon of light in that room. So it's hard to mm-hmm. keep uh, that separation between light and dark. Yeah. So it's sometimes hard to see the grid with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. So we had to like cover it so you don't see the other stuff just so that the laser's using it as a grid. So I think, I wish that was an option on it mm-hmm. that you can just switch it to be just the grid and not all the other extras on it. Yeah. That is another complaint that I have. I don't know. It's like I said, it's been, I would say, three years since I bought it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully an updated version of it would have that. But uh, I'm not seeing on here that it is an option to switch it all off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. That that th- Those are my, I think, biggest complaints on it. Yeah. 
but otherwise it's pretty it's really good i just think the price on it is a little steep yeah you do get a lot of options with it for the price but it is a steep price point right i don't know i feel like 250 would be more reasonable yeah but i mean they, they did put a lot into it so i I can see where they're coming from in terms of uh, of doing it. I did notice that they're still selling the original version of the GS1, and that's going for eighty nine ninety dollars on Ghost Ops website as of today. The GS1 is that the pen? No, the GS1. Oh no, that 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 was the static, yeah, the square square base. Let's see here. Yeah, it basically GS1. looked like. It looked like our motion detector, but it was the laser grid. Yeah, yeah, because that was the that was the one thing I did note when we were talking about the footstep tracker that they basically used the same case for laser grid and the footstep tracker. They just added the lights and the switch to the footstep tracker, and where the laser technically is on that one, that's where you plug in the sensor. So that was a pretty ingenious thing that they did. But I think they're still selling the GS1 because I think a lot of people don't want to fork over the coin for a more advanced laser grid to be honest right and i would i would say the gs1 it's it's probably it's really good if they're using the same type of laser as the gs2 the grid itself on it that it emits is a really good grid so if you're yeah. trying to i would do the gs1 over those uh pens any day yeah i'm not definitely. a big fan of those uh laser grid pens i've had success in the past with those laser grid pens at uh, a couple locations but only a couple out of the quite a few that we've been to i just don't like the dots yeah the dots on these pens which they usually are and they're green i just have a hard time with uh, making out because with the square grid it's easier to tell that something because it's a linear line yep so if something starts bringing it out you see the 3d effect of that linear line more clearly that's what a lot of people use in uh models to show a 3d effect is using like a grid system that overlaps the object and what mm. brings out the depth in the 3d face like if you put like a face in the computer space and you throw this a square grid over it that mm. has multiple lines you can get pinpoints of that and stretch it out and that's how you get a 3d effect on it yeah and plus i think the one that i had was quite a few years old versus the one that they're selling on their website now so i wonder if they with the original GS1 laser grid, I wonder if they updated the laser on it. Because I remember the one that I had, the lines on it, even on a brand new battery, were very faint to see unless the room was basically complete pitch black. Right. And I, I would say so, because I think LEDs now are, are a lot different Yeah. than what they were. So I think, I think the GS1 is probably a good safe bet right now for people who are new to laser grids. Mm-hmm. I would just say skip the pen altogether mm-hmm. and get the G1. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you want, because the laser grid scope, the pen, I mean, you can get it for a tripod and all that is like, so, like, by itself is like 20 bucks. Yeah. So that's pretty simple. Then you get it with the tripod and all that. It's like 45 mm-hmm. And then if you just want the laser grid uh, GS1, that's $70 right now. Yeah, because it's on sale for $69.95. Yeah, it's normally 90 Mm-hmm. So I think I think I would go straight for the GS1, and skip the pen honestly, but yeah, or you can get the 360 puck laser grid. I think I have that. Yeah, I do believe you you have that one as well. Um, I never use it. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why. I think there was a thing. It was one of those things I think it had to be constantly plugged in to use. Yeah. And I really hated that fact. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, and then the last thing is light trigger, which you can actually use with the GS1 as well. I don't know if it will actually work with the GS2, but by what I can see here, it looks like it works with the GS1. Yeah, I don't really like the idea of this light trigger right now, but mm -hmm. I guess it is what it is. Plus, it's what, expensive. What it, yeah, it's like 100 bucks. but like, so what, what, what would the idea be of it? You, you place the light trigger on the opposite end of the laser grid, right? So the laser grid yeah. is hitting the light trigger, right? Yeah. So is it when someone walks in front of it and breaks that contact and then it hits again, that's when it creates the event? Yeah, because basically uh, one of the features of, of it, it detects light trips when combined with the, la with the laser or flashlight. So essentially if something goes in front of it, uh, light and sound alerts when a hat will occur. So basically it's a, it's a over-glorified... Uh, trigger object like right. our music box if something walks in front of the music box the music box goes goes off it's the same thing yeah I don't know 100 bucks that's wild I would do half yeah 50 bucks would, would 50 be reasonable bucks for that. yeah but not 100 bucks then I gotta pay for shipping mm -hmm. so then that's like 120 bucks yep. yeah I, I don't know I don't know about that one I mean, maybe one day I'll try that one, but that is one that you have to have. You definitely want a camera with it. Yeah. Anytime, you, anytime you use a laser grid, you want a camera with it, honestly. Yeah, which I'm surprised they actually had this under the laser category. I wonder if they also have it in the motion category as well. Because technically speaking, it causes, you have to, to have motion for it to trigger. Yeah, it's, it's also under motion as well, so I see it here. Yeah, because it's right there with the EDI Plus, the Flux 2. Well, the laser grid's also in motion as well. Oh, yeah, it is, huh? Yep, and then that weird-looking footstep tracker. Yep. Oh, they even have the, the GS1 laser grid under there as well. Huh. But uh, that's pretty much it uh, for for that. Mm -hmm. Um like, like I said, it, it's, it's not bad. I really do like it. Uh, we... We don't really use it a lot, if I'm honest with you. We don't really yeah. use laser grids in general a lot. Yeah. Um, I think for the, the fact that um, we pretty much have a decent time uh, seeing spirits' shadows as is. And we're yeah. not trying to document that fact. We're, we're pretty much more interested at, the, at this point in the communication aspect. Yeah. I do, if we do get a location where we can spend quite a bit of time at I would like to get everything set up and see what all we can capture on all of our equipment and, and see what we can get correlating to what we feel and and the line of communication as well it's been a hot minute since we've actually done an investigation like that where we've went you know balls to the wall no hold back use all every piece of equipment that we have and see what we capture yeah most of the time yeah it's just uh what we need for the moment which is like we have specific equipment that we know we can get decent um, activity right off the gate with. Yep. You know, we know we'll get results if there's something here quicker that we need to resolve versus, well, we don't know. Let's just set up everything and see what happens kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't, yeah, we really haven't, honestly, we haven't used cameras in 
a fat minute. Yeah. For like recording and stuff. Usually it's been, you know, light investigation mixed with cleansing, you know, just to get mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. We really haven't had a, a full on investigation. And even the last one we had, it was all outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to do a lot of that stuff with those equipment that we have outside. Yeah. So, yeah, really, we haven't had a, a full-on investigation where we've set up equipment, set up cameras, and see what we get. We haven't had one of those for a minute. Yeah, so I think we need a, we need definitely need to get a couple of those ones scheduled so that way we can, you know, keep keep our minds fresh on all of our equipment, make sure they're running good and everything, and, and collect as much evidence as we can outside of what we feel spiritually and, and everything like that. Because it's been a fat minute since we've done that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, we definitely recommend uh, checking out the GS2 Laser Grid. It is expensive. It's going for a pretty hefty price of $359.95. As it sits right now, they're doing a promo. You get a free case uh, with foam, which is a limited time with this. It's actually a nice case. I'm looking at it, I'm like, ah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. And then you also have the option of the flexible tripod as well. And then we'll also... Uh, post up the links to the other laser grids that are offered on the website as well, including the original GS1, the pen, the the stands, and everything the 360, and then the the trigger object of the the uh, oh, what's it, what's that name? I can't remember. Event spike or something. Uh, the light trigger. Yeah. Even though that's a little too expensive for us, we wouldn't pay that much money. But we'll definitely post up the link to that as well if anybody else is interested in it. You know, but yeah, it's the light trigger. Yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely include all the links and everything. And any last words on this, David? Uh, no. That's that's all that is. Do you give it one thumbs up or two thumbs up? For the GS two. Yep. Oh, I'd rather do a number system. <laughs> All right, one to ten. There's more. There's more broad set. I'd give it a solid six. Okay. Because the but between the three problems that I, I laid out for it, you know, mm-hmm. that gives it down to a seven automatically, and then six just for terms of I don't use it very often as a laser grid. Yeah. So the idea that I spent three hundred bucks on something I don't normally use makes me sad inside. Yeah. So that gives it a six. Okay. Well, and, and I agree with you. I was gonna. I was, I'm in between a six and a seven, so a six point five for me. Yeah. So I mean, it gets results. I mean, in the end, it does. It does what it does, right? It's a laser yep. grid. Yep. It, it just depends whether or not you can actively use all the features on it to better your chances of getting something. Is, is the other question? Yep. Most definitely. Now, you said you had one last update before we wrapped up the show, David? Um, it was probably just going to be our merch store, but you covered it, so we're good. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, we thank all of you guys for listening to us. We will definitely get that uh, poll up with five or six locations on where you guys would like us to do a public investigation at, and we'll go from there, and then we'll post up all the links and the stories and everything like that in the group page, which if you're not part of it yet, you're missing out. Because everything that we talk about on every single episode outside of when we have guests and everything like that is in the group page. And then if we have a guest, we post up their links and what they're all about and everything like that as well. So we definitely want you to go check it out. 
we tailored this group for our listeners because obviously we don't want to overload our Facebook page with all the stuff that we talk about. So if you want to see the stuff, you're going to have to go in and ask to join. You can go to our Facebook page, which is the BRP Podcast. You can go over to the Communities tab and uh, you'll see the group page there. You click on that, ask to be asked to be let in you'll have to answer some simple questions which uh, surprisingly people are still not answering the questions so we can't let you in because we don't know if you're going to be able to follow the rules once you answer those questions we'll let you in then you can see everything we talk about but any final words david uh nope all right well we thank you guys for listening to us and you have a great rest of your day bye-bye you are listening to the bear river paranormal podcast brp podcast If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast, toss us a rating or a review, You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.